Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Longshot's Off-Track Betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, everyone. This is Todd LaTorre from Queensryche, and you're listening to The Hook Rocks with Jay Scott. It's okay. It don't really matter if you see it my way. Finger on the trigger, no it's not your day Phony out the money, make it go insane Pull it to the brain, it's okay It don't really matter if you see it my way Finger on the trigger, no it's not your day Phony out the money, make it go insane Pull it to the brain Reload, I'm out Don't run your mouth There's no way out Surrender to me now Good evening, everybody. Once again, it's Jay Scott. This is the Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Hope you're doing well, staying safe, staying healthy. Spring is upon us. The weather is warming up. Things are starting to turn green instead of looking dead with the brown grass and the dead leaves. It sounds like a white stripe song. I think I'm on to something there. But nevertheless, we continue to be an escape for you, offering music interviews, talking rock and roll, great music commentary on a variety of topics. Once again, we're part of the Pantheon Network of Music podcast, so check out older episodes of The Hook Rocks along with a plethora of other great podcast shows on the network. But uh, we continue to be an escape for you and hope you enjoy all the things we discuss here in rock and roll. And I know the weather's warming up, like I just mentioned. COVID numbers are getting better. I hope it's not... Under false pretenses, I hope we keep getting you know better news each day. People are getting vaccinated. Hopefully live shows are ready to begin again. There's a whole lot of live or new music, I should say, coming out in 2021. Hopefully that equals a whole bunch of live shows too at some point. I know we're all ready for it being rock and roll fans, but I'd like to welcome in our next guest. Mr. Brian Kuznick's from the band Fame on Fire. How are you, Brian? What's going on? I'm doing great, Jay. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, thanks. Appreciate you doing this. Been looking forward to having you on here and talking music, talking Fame on Fire, and talking you know what's next for you guys as, lo- as well as what's currently going on. Yeah, totally. Let's do it. We always start the same way every time we do a podcast with a new guest, first-time guest, and that is the essence of the show. Just like every rock song has a hook that sucks you in, every rock fan has a moment, whether it's a song, an album, a band, or performance, 
that hooked them on rock and roll? What was it for you? Huh. I mean, like, I, I feel like I have two. That's okay. Um, my first one would have to be, uh, I think it was the first time I ever heard crawling from Lincoln park when I was like, I think I was, I don't even know what grade I was in. I think I was like in second grade or not even maybe like kindergarten. Um, first time I ever heard, heard crawling from Lincoln park. It actually, it, like it blew my socks off. I was like, what is, what is going on here? This is crazy. And it sounds so good. And, you know, being like five years old, it wasn't like scary to me or anything like that, which is, I look back and I'm like, that's kind of weird. Um, <laughs> but it was just, it was just so sick and it was just, it was just revolutionary. And I didn't even know it at the time. I thought I was like the only kid, you know, listening to this kind of music. And then you go to school and you find out that, okay, everybody's listening to Lincoln Park now. So that was my first encounter with rock. And that's what really got me into it. And then, you know, I straight away for a little bit, went into other areas like, you know, hip hop and R and B, that kind of stuff. And then what got me back into rock or the heavier, more metal side of things was, disturbed prayer. I remember hearing that and seeing like a music video for that. I was like, this is so sick. And I think that was like maybe in like 2002, 2005, somewhere around that early 2000s. So that song got me back into it and really got me hooked into the heavier, more metal side. And then, you know, from there I went into like kill switch engage Avenged sevenfold, you know, really took the dive into the heavy metal hard rock scene. Where did it go from there in terms of your development, your evolution into an artist? I mean, you heard this music, the music pulled you in, it hooked you. When did it become yeah. something that you wanted to do, like perform on stage and be in a band? Um, when I started listening to Avenged Sevenfold, that's when everything kind of really started changing because just the way that they played was it was it was better than anybody else I was listening to. I think it's I think it's better than any other band that was around during that time. Um, they quickly became my favorite band overnight, and um, I remember like City of Evil just listening to that record and just all the crazy guitar shit that was going on on that record. I was like, wow, this is it was just it was so cool. It was so good, and I was just like, I want to be able to do that. I want to play guitar just like Sinister Gates is playing guitar. So. I, I don't even remember what I, what I did. I somehow, I think I was like buying candy bars and reselling them at school. And, uh, I saved up like, I think $150 or something like that. And I went on eBay and I bought a guitar amp combo. It was some real, it was some real piece of shit guitar amp combo, but I bought it, um, started playing the hell out of it because I wanted to, be a guitar player, you know, prior to that, I, I sang in some choirs and stuff like that, but you know, I wanted to play lead guitar. I wanted to be a shredder. And so started practicing guitar a lot. And then I think I was like around maybe like 14, 15, something like that. Started playing a lot of guitar. And then a year into it, I, um, I ended up getting a, a nicer guitar because my dad and my parents were like, Oh, he's, taking something seriously in his life finally. So let's, you know, let's see if we can capitalize on this and maybe give him some like direction in life. And so my dad bought me a, a relatively nice guitar, which was a Schecter because that's what events Sevenfold played. And, uh, I started playing guitar constantly, joined a band, you know, in the first year I'm playing guitar 
And uh, yeah, from there, that's really where it all began, diving into music. I started recording myself um, at an extremely young age. Like, I think like 16, I began to learn how to record music. Um, and yeah, just started making music. And I guess it all just kind of came to where I'm at today, where now I'm a singer <laughs> and I don't play guitar anymore. It's interesting. How did that evolution happen? Well, I was in a, so I was in a band with the boys, um, with Alex and Blake. We were in a band called You Set Aside. And we were a fairly mediocre new metalish band, I guess I would say. Um, I don't, we just, it, our music was kind of boring, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, so, but we were in a band prior. I played lead guitar in that band. Blake played guitar, rhythm guitar. Um, Alex was a drummer, and we had a, uh, a singer who was completely out of his fucking mind. Um, normally how it goes, right? So that band eventually broke up and, um, I was like, I don't want to be in a band anymore. I'm done with bands. Now my whole life I've sang in choir. So, you know, I was good. I was a good choir boy. Actually, I was probably the worst of them. Um, I was such a, um, a hooligan, I guess I would say. But, um, so I had, you know, training in singing. I knew how to sing. I didn't know how to sing rock though. Very different singing in a choir. We were trying to blend with everybody. So I you know, experience with singing. And, um, I think it was around 2013, the end of 2013 when Alex wanted to do a drum cover of Katy Perry's unconditionally. And Blake was like, yeah, this would be sick if, you know, you threw some guitar on it and it became like more of a rock cover. And then Alex was like, okay, well, who, who are we going to get to sing this rock cover? And, um, Alex was like, Hey, Brian, can you sing it? And I told him, absolutely not. I'm not a singer. I'm a guitar player. Right. And he's just like, well, I know you, you sang before. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't know how to sing rock or anything like that. And then eventually after me saying no, and no, and no, and no, so many times, um, they convinced me to go in the vocal booth and just try to sing it. And also keep in mind, I'm, this is at my home studio, um, where I was just being an engineer recording everything under the sun. And so I went into the vocal booth. I hit the vocals for this cover and it came out really sick. And I didn't know I could sing the way I sang. And, uh, that's, I, I guess that that moment was when I became the singer of Fame on Fire. It was when I realized that I actually can sing and I can sound good singing. As you kept evolving into being a singer, obviously you start to write music and you're writing lyrics and, you're, you know, singing words that you believe in. When you write, yeah. when you write music, are you writing about experiences? Are you writing about observations? Where do you get your motivation, your inspiration to write? Um, sometimes I write about a little bit of, like, it's, it's both, like, honestly. Um, sometimes I will write from a personal experience. Um, levels, a lot of levels is personal experience. But there's also a couple songs on there that I didn't write about personal experience. I wrote from ob observing my friends and how they're reacting or, you know, almost like there was one song on there. Um, Down was a song where like, I kind of wanted to put myself in somebody else's shoes. And so to see kind of like where they're coming from and kind of understand their mindset on things. 
So it, that was from me observing somebody else. Like that's how those leaders came about was me observing them in the situation. Now at the same time, it's still part of me in a weird way because I feel like the lyrics on all levels are, have like darker tones to them. And I feel like that's because, you know, they come from me and I'm just, I, I guess a more negative type person than the average person. And so I tend to look at things as a glass half empty more than a glass half full. So I guess it's just my, it's my perception and my emotions on somebody else's emotions when it comes down to that. When you're writing lyrics and you're having to revisit an experience, you know, whether it's a happy experience, a sad experience, one that makes you anger, whatever the emotion is, you have to tap into that memory, that situation. Um, and it's a sense of vulnerability when you're doing that because you're having to relive something that may be uncomfortable. How do you deal with that? How is that process for you? Um, it's, it, it's insanely driving. So um, it's, it's really weird. But it like for, for me, it just drives me to finish the song because the moment you actually tap into that like emotional state, of mine, like you have so much shit to say. You have like, you have so many lyrics to write down. Like there's, you could say everything. Um, and it's like, it's like, it's like, it's it just, it's untapped until you tap in and it's just, you just keep going. Like, like for a topic for like her eyes, I could have kept going forever. Um, writing lyrics and it's not, it doesn't bring me back into like, uh, a negative state of mind. It just, it's more of a remembering and it's, it's like a therapy, it's a therapeutic type thing. Cause when you get it all out, you feel like pretty relieved. So it's, it, it, it's nice. It really is nice. When you're dealing with that vulnerability and you're having to, you know, have that therapeutic experience, you know, is there anything that you have experienced that is maybe too difficult to write about? Um, on LP one, yeah, there was, but, um, we're currently working on writing LP two at the moment. And so LP two, I have, uh, kind of faced that fear and I wrote the song and that particular song just it was, it's one of those songs that just needs to be all screaming for it to make sense. <laughs> Cause it's just, it's the most hateful song I've ever written in my life. But yeah, there's been times where it's like, I'm, uh, it's like, I'm not going near this topic. This is not something I want to touch. I'm not ready to deal with it emotionally. Um, but yeah, it's just, I think, you know, it's, it's so weird. You, you feel like, Oh, maybe I got everything out. Maybe I got it all out. But then you go back to the pen again. You're like, there's a lot more shit I could say on this topic. You know, there's another story to be told about, one of these experiences I've gone through or one of these experiences that I've seen one of my friends go through. There's a lot more that I could say about this to kind of reiterate it, to get it even more to the point, less vague. So, you know, and and for me, it's also a big thing where it's like, whenever I write lyrics, I, I know that there is somebody else out there going through whatever I'm writing about. Somebody else is going through a similar thing. And you know, that makes, it makes it comforting for me to write these lyrics down because it's like, 
you know, I know I'm not alone and I want to make this person out there to feel like they're not alone. When you are writing lyrics and you're writing music and you, you're, you're going through a situation that you've dealt with, do you ever find yourself thinking of maybe I should have handled something differently or maybe there's a different perspective that you have once you're removed from whatever it is that you're writing about? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. You know, um, really thinking about what we're working on these days, but, uh, it's like, there's, there's a song where it's like, you know, I recognize that I was the bad person in this situation. I'm no saint. I'm not always the victim in my life. Um, that I realize that I've made other people the victim of my actions. And so there's definitely, you know, songs that like, I sit down to write about one thing and I'm just like, I'm going to write this song about how this person did this to me. And then I start like writing it and I realize, and I start rethinking about the situation. I'm like, wow, I was such a bad person. Like I handled this totally wrong. And so like, you know, I think about that and I'm just like, well, this song is now about how much of an asshole I am. Does a song ever take on different meaning, you know, from the original inspiration? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, it, you know, it, it's also, it's also up to interpretation of everything. Cause, um, everything, everything can have a different meaning. Like I wrote, when I wrote now and forever, everybody in the band thought it was something completely different. Um, even back to, um, writing the song wait, which was an interesting one because, you know, it, it's one of our earlier singles, I think from 2017 or 2018, it wasn't on the album at all, but you know, that song was people, I'm not sure what people in the band actually thought it was about, but it was actually about the band itself. <laughs> so, you know, I think lyric meaning can change, but at the end of the day, I feel like the initial draft of what you, what, at least what I wrote down is usually going to be what the song is about. Unless it's like one of those situations where I was like, okay, I need to actually talk about how I'm the bad person in this situation. It's an interesting thing when, when an artist who's writing the lyrics, you know, has to tap into a situation that's uncomfortable or something that they weren't really fond of when it was happening and you're writing it and you're being expressive about it. And you know, you're, you're figuring out, you're navigating through it once again. A lot of people can't do that. A lot of people, when they have a situation that conjures up a lot of emotion they don't want to go relive that emotion again because it, it's exhausting and it's it just brings up a painful feeling or, or a not so good time. So when you do write about it and you're having people listen to it, you're having your fans listen to that. That's also a, a very unique experience because here you are laying burying your soul, right, laying mm -hmm. it all out, and now people are listening to it, and it's like that situation that maybe only you knew about or only you knew of that experience is now being listened to by thousands of people, you know, and, and that's, that's a pretty, that's a pretty heavy thing. Yeah. I think it's cool. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, I love the idea of it. Um, because I mean, like, like I said, you know, there's everybody, I feel like there's people that have gone through the same shit that I'm, writing about, you know, even though, 
you know, I know there's people that don't want to relive their past or anything like that. Um, I, for me though, I love living in the past. It seems like, um, because I feel like that's what makes a really great songwriter is like understanding your past, understanding mistakes, understanding other people's mistakes, understanding who did you wrong, who you did wrong. Um, understanding the good things, the bad things. And, you know, you find a lot of that from your past. And so you can, you know, you look back in your past and you can really see where things are going in your future in a sense. I imagine too, there's, there has to be a a lot of self-awareness when you're doing that, you know, like you really have to have a perspective of yourself and, you know, your behavior and your actions and how, you know, that affected a situation. And that's not always the case with, you know, experiences, you know, it could be about somebody who did this to you or who did that to you. But ultimately at the end of the day, it's how you're reacting to it. So there has to be that awareness of, you know, an ownership of, of personal behavior. Yeah, there does. I feel like it can also get become like an ego thing too. At the end of the day, like when, you know, because I may perceive a situation one way and you could perceive a situation a completely different way than the way I'm perceiving it. Like, you know, you're usually 99% of the time the hero in your story. So, um, even if, you know, sometimes I do think a lot about how like, Oh, you know, I mistreated this person. I mistreated this person. Wow. I was very, I was mistreated heavily right here, but you know, majority, uh, majority of the time, I, I think that, I don't know. I don't want to say I have like a good grasp on like reality and self-awareness because it comes off very egocentric and maybe I don't, but I think I do at least. (laughs) It's weird because I don't want to come off like egocentric. Like, um, for example, like, but there's also singers out there and songwriters that, you know, are just bad people that see things in a different way than pretty much the rest of the world. And, you know, I've heard, four stories of that, but you know, everybody, you know, majority of the time people think that they're in the right. So I just don't ever want to be the guy that thinks, Oh, I'm in the right in this situation. You know, I kind of want to always look at every situation that is like from plain devil's advocate. So it's like, what could I have done better in this situation? Also too, you know, you're giving a voice to people who don't know how to express themselves. So when they connect with a song that you've written that is similar to something that they've experienced and they can't maybe express it and how they feel or how a moment in time made them feel. The lyrics kind of act as like a, you know, a catalyst of, of, of being able to speak for them, right. Being able to, you know, you know, a lot of people, they make, they make, well, they used to, when I was younger, they would make tapes, of of certain things and certain songs that kind of connected with each other because that's how they would feel when they would hear that music or, or they would be able to tap into a memory. So it has yeah. a, it has a way of of speaking not only to people but also for people as well. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. Like I said, like there's fans out there, uh, there's listeners out there that gone through the same thing that I've gone through. <clears throat> but they just don't know how to, they don't know how to say it. They don't know how to put it into words. And, you know, I feel like that's what, that's what I'm here for. I'm here to put your emotions and my emotions into words. And so, you know, that's, that's what really gets people connected to a song is the lyrical content. Like, you know, I uh, like some of my favorite songs of all time just are the lyrical content that I connect to so emotionally. 
the new album is Levels, and you know you guys have released music to coincide with that, videos as well. When you're in involved in a pandemic, when you're living in a pandemic, and you have new music that you're putting out, how difficult is it to kind of just release music and, and basically not do what you're normally going to do, which means like touring and promoting it? What is that space like? Um, I, I feel like for the normal band, <clears throat> it would be easy. Or I'm sorry, it'd be hard for the normal band in a situation like this. But I feel like for Stay on Fire, at least, we are uh, we're very lucky. We we started our base on the internet. Um, we've only had a handful of tours that we've done. We've never done an interna- international tour. Um, we've never done a tour with a major headlining act. So our presence is very much bound to internet presence. So. You know, in a pandemic like this, where it's like you can't go outside, where everybody is on the internet all day, every day, I feel like we made the best of what we could and what we had. Would we have loved to tour on this album? Hell yeah. Um, I still think we are going to tour on this album. But, you know, by the time we go on tour again, there might be another couple singles out from the new album. So I, I just, it's unfortunate that we, did, we didn't get to, like, and see the see the world with these batch of songs but you know the good songs from this batch will definitely be played at the shows the future shows but um yeah it didn't hurt us too bad though because internet, internet is powerful and we have a powerful online presence so you know our fans that are there from the internet originally day ones you know they they knew the music was coming they listened to the music they they jammed the album i don't even know where the album's at on the streams i know on spotify it's it's, it's somewhere over 18 million or something like that. But so it's, it's going, it's going the best it can for the situation being as shitty as it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's just a weird time and every band or artist has maybe approached things similarly or, or done the same thing, or maybe just done something completely different. As far as creativity goes, you mentioned that you have another album on the way how was the creative process for you, for the band during this time? Um, it was great. <laughs> it was really great. Um, it, it's weird. It's like, it's good and bad. So, you know, um, being locked up inside for a long time definitely sucks. Um, I, for me at least, it put me in a really negative state of mind. Um, because I couldn't go outside, couldn't see my friends, couldn't do anything. So that put me in a really negative state of mind. But, you know, um, we basically said, fuck all this. We are the only people we see is each other. You know, we are very safe people when it comes to going outside, you know, seeing our relatives, our loved ones, you know, always wearing a mask, um, around each other. We don't wear masks or anything like that, but we're like, you know, we're sick of just, we're not going to just sit here and not work on music while COVID's happening. We know it sucks outside. You know, we're going to be responsible. We're going to get tests every, every other week or so. And we're just going to make sure that we're not going to have this album and working on new music because we need to. Like, you can, you can do so much by yourself, but it's not the same as, it's not the same when you know you have a band of exceptional musicians and songwriters and 
you know, you can't work with them. So we basically all said, fuck it. We're getting in the studio. We're working together. And, um, yeah, we've been doing it now for a few months and just making some great songs. I imagine, too, it offers an escape for you guys, right? I mean, I imagine that, you know, when the world is burning down, so to speak, with a pandemic and, you know, riots and, and protests in the summer and an election process that was just crazy, you know, to kind of seclude yourself and kind of go into a bubble where you're making music and you're being creative, it, it kind of does offer that escape for you to kind of just focus on the music because there's really anything that's going on outside these walls is, is negative right now. So let's just, let's just focus on making new music. Yeah. And you know, a lot of that's happened, you know, especially in the past, like, I think four months or so we've really taken it more seriously. I mean, this month has been insane. We, we are literally booked every single day in the studio. Um, which the studio is my, my home studio. So it's not like we're going to any other studio. We're just, we're all at my house. Like everybody's over at my house right now. Um, they're working on music, but yeah, it's, it's just great. There's a lot of creative energy going. Um, and it's just, it's good to be back working with the boys, feeling inspired and making like great, truly real, real emotion, you know, it's just great music. You know, I feel like what we're working on right now is super special. And I'm just, I'm really excited for it to hit the world. I'm really excited for COVID to be over because, you know, we're going to be releasing some of this new music before we even hit the road again. So it's just, it's good. It's, it's a great relief and it's great to not feel so trapped by yourself in your house. <laughs> when you're, you know, creating music during these times, you know, and, and you're obviously aware of what's happening does that change the tone of the music does that change the tone of what you guys are trying to do um for us i don't think so actually because i we don't really write political music um we don't really write societal music i guess i would say um and also to, to be fair i feel like it's been done already by everybody on the song. Everybody's written a song about COVID. Everybody's written a song about the elections. Everybody's written a song about how fucked America is. And it's like, it's easy to write about because it's in your face and it's right there. But maybe we'll take one song from it. But I just, for me, it's like, it seems almost like a cop out from what's really going on. Because I, for me, I'd rather write a song about how I, how I feel about everything that's going on, about how I feel about being trapped inside, not necessarily staying trapped inside, but you know, in a sense of like, I've been trapped inside my mind. It feels like a prison here, you know, being more metaphorical with it than, than just saying, fuck America, America's fucked. COVID fucking sucks. Quarantine's terrible. You know, I don't want to say all that shit, but um, it, it hasn't really affected the song writing, it hasn't affected the lyric writing um, because when we're in the space, when we're in the, uh, in the mindset of writing music, we are focused on just that music and everything else outside of that room and the music that's happening in that room just doesn't exist. I imagine, though, that frustration, right, of not being able to play live and not being able to do the things that the band normally does 
I often yeah. think that when someone's going through that stuff, it does change the colors and the shapes of the music and the tone of the music or maybe the perspective. And even though maybe you don't write about the situations that are happening, you, it still affects you. It still affects your creative process in, in maybe offering up a different avenue of looking at things or speaking about things. You know, it, it might. It really might. I, I, I couldn't tell you. I, like, it, at least it consciously is not affecting me. You know what I mean? Now, not, not touring, not seeing our fans, not being able to do any of that shit, that definitely sucks. Um, there's definitely a song to be written about that. Um, a good old I miss you song. But I'll see you again soon, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, you know, I, I just, I was at out to dinner at actual restaurant you know, last week. And it was like, I think it was like the second time since last March that I actually went out to a restaurant to eat. It was crazy. Wow. You know? Um, so yeah, that's, it's just, you know, I, I, I've talked to a lot of artists about this time and everyone offers up similar uh, perspective, different perspectives. I mean, I know I talked to one, you know, artist that said that he's not doing anything. He's just, you know, it's hard to become creative when you're not living life the way one normally lives it. I know another artist um, mentioned how this was actually good for him to kind of take a break and take a step back without feeling the pressure of doing an album. Um, and then there's others that like Tyler Bryant, who I talked to, who hunkered down with his band in the basement of his house and recorded an album and just secluded themselves similar to what you guys did and just forgot about what the hell's going on out there and was able to put a record out. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, that's exactly what we're doing. Um, for, for us, it's not break time because you got to remember when it comes to being in a band, it, it's a business and you have to make money. So for us, it's like, we could sit here for a year. We could have sat here for a year and done nothing. Um, I would have gone crazy though. Um, absolutely insane because I need to, I need to get that creative outlet. You know, I need to write music in order to feel like I'm contributing something to my worth in life. Um, but at the same time, we also, we didn't want to come out of COVID with nothing. We didn't want to come out of COVID with our hands empty. Yeah, we have, we have an album, we have levels out, but we wanted to come out with more music, more content. We didn't want to just sit here and wait for everything to be over because before you know it, COVID is going to be over and we're going to have a second album ready to go. And there's a lot of bands and a lot of artists that aren't going to have anything. And so it's kind of like, it, it seems like prime opportunity to kind of like carve out, I guess the competition carve out the, um, the people that aren't putting in as much work as you, you know, get, you will get a lot more attention for having new fresh content coming out of COVID than you would have pre COVID. When you're putting together an album during these times, you know, what's that like in terms of the whole band and the collaborative process? Um, it's, it's all interesting. Um, so everybody in the band has their own home studio. Um, you know, some, some more equipped than others, of course, but everyone's got their own home studio, home setup, and everybody can record and write music themselves. So a lot of it, at first, a lot of it was us like, Hey, I got an idea. I'm going to send you something. 
hey, I got an idea, I'm going to send you something. So it was a lot of sending back and forth, different melodies, different hook ideas, different, uh, nobody really, nobody writes it besides me, but, um, you know, just, just different ideas for songs. And then eventually we're like, okay, we have a lot of different ideas. Like we, we sat down and we're like, okay, we have, I think it was like 40 or 50 or 60 different song ideas. And then we're like, okay, these, all these feel kind of disconnected in a way, you know, there's no, it doesn't, it doesn't have that fame on fire sound just yet. So from these 40 or 50, 60 songs that we wrote, you know, they could all be, they could all be a, a fame on fire song on their own, but they weren't all of us together working on a fame on fire song. So what we did was we were like, okay, we got to just start getting in the studio, writing music, working on really solid demos. Um, and when I say demos, like, it's not like we sit in a room together and jam together. It's like, no, we're, at, we're, we're working in Pro Tools. We're working in Ableton. We're working in, you know, professional recording softwares. And we're putting together these songs to be pretty much perfect demos. So by the time it comes down to, oh, we need to actually go in and re- record these for real and make, we're going to be in the same studio. It's just, we know exactly what we're doing. So we're writing the songs out perfectly, exactly how they need to be. And we realized though, that we didn't have that same feel of all of us being in a room. So we've been bunkered down, working, writing, making really great music of all of us being in the same room together. And, you know, there, there's been a couple ideas and stuff like that, where it's like two people, three people, three of us, whatever, come up with an idea. And we're like, okay, let's put this all, we're going to, we're going to sit down and we're going to get everyone's input on this. We're going to put it all together and we're going to make it a really great sounding Fame on Fire song. When you're, you know, collaborating like this and you're, and you're with each other during, during these times and you're looking ahead, you know, towards what's going to happen with COVID and what's going to happen with the new material, is there a plan for Fame on Fire for this year and how to approach the new music how to release the new music and then hopefully anticipate playing live towards the end of the year. Um, yeah, there, there is a plan. Um, and the plan is trying to release new music by April, May, um, and try and go on tour during the summer or beginning of fall. You know, that's, that's kind of all we have right now. Um, you know, a lot of things also depend on what our labels, what our label wants us to do and what our label's game plan is for releasing music. So, you know, unfortunately we're kind of tied down by that. So it's like, if we want to release, if we, if we weren't signed to a label, we, we would have released a song probably in like a week from now we would release a new song to be honest. So, yeah, there's no, there's no set game plan, but you know, we know what we're working towards. We know we're working towards having a second album completely done and releasing that over the next following year. When you're, you know, when you're doing all that stuff and you're planning it out and you know, you have this huge online presence uh, that you mentioned, I mean, I'm very impressed with, with the numbers that you guys do, especially, you know, with you mentioned, you guys haven't really done a lot of touring and, you know, a lot of the presence has been built online. How did you guys do that? Um, well, a lot of that started with the covers, to be honest, you know, doing covers back in 20, 
13 and then 2014. Um, we built that online presence. We built that online audience. We built, you know, a fame on fire army. And um, it started with the covers and then we released transitions and then people are like, Oh, these guys can actually make really, really cool original music. Now transition sounds nothing like levels does, which is in the same fashion. I don't expect the next album to sound like levels. You know, it's not going to sound like transitions either. It's going to sound new and different. Now that's not saying we're going to, you know, go all poppy and sell out like, you know, bands have done in the past, but you know, we're just evolving our music. And I wouldn't say the music's more mature, but it's just different. It's just, it's a different outlook on what came on fire could be. Um, but yeah, so the fan base was built from doing YouTube covers and then releasing levels or not levels, sorry, transitions, the EP and then releasing a bunch of singles. And then, you know, as we were doing that, we kept creating covers and creating more content for our fans to see us, you know, what we were doing to hear new music that we're releasing, new covers that we're releasing. And then, you know, now we, we got up to the pinnacle point of releasing levels and there's an audience there arms wide open waiting for us just to drop this album right into their arms. And you know, it, people loved it. It got, it got a lot of love from radio, got a lot of love from the fans and we gained a bunch of new fans from this album. So it's been great. When you're creating and you're going in to release or record a new album and create a new album, is it important for fam on fire? Is it important for you to, come in with a different fresh approach for every album that you do. Um, yeah, it is. Um, because we don't want to sound like the, we don't want to sound like the same band that we were two years ago. You know, we want to constantly be evolving, constantly growing, constantly. We want to give our fans something different to listen to than what they've already heard from us. You know what I mean? Like if you want to hear songs that sound like levels, go listen to levels, you know, don't, don't listen to the new material if you don't want to. But I think that the new material has a, is going to have a much broader reach and it's going to bring people into rock music that maybe weren't into rock music before, you know? So I, I just, I, I can't stand the idea of sounding the same as an album before because we might as well just released, you know, or just not release a new album. You know, if you want us to sound like the old old stuff, just go listen to the old stuff. Very few, bands, yeah. Very few bands can get away with sounding the same. You know, I mean, the the, the first band that comes to mind is ACDC, You know, and that's cool. Yeah, ACDC does it does it the, their way, and it and it always sounds cool. And you know, that's that's their that's their deal. And but not right. every band, not every artist can do that. Not every artists can can record the same style of music all the time they have to stretch themselves because you know you're growing as a person you're experiencing different things and you know what sounded maybe good to you or the music maybe you wrote five ten years ago you know you're no longer that same person yeah exactly so it, yeah it, i feel i feel like it needs to change i feel like it's like even as far as ACDC goes, it's like, like you have to already go back to black, back, yeah, back, back in black and, you know, highway to hell. And like, you know, these songs sound so similar. It's like, they're massive hits, but at the same time, it's like, 
it could have been the same song and it, it would have, it wouldn't have like, it wouldn't have changed for me. So yeah. I feel like as, as far as art goes, you need to, you need to change. Like what kind of artist wants to paint the same painting again and again and again, you know? Some people just, you know, some artists are just able to do it, you know, and able to just kind of be comfortable with what they're doing and who they are and, you know, flourish under those pretenses. But others, you know, need to, you know, continue to explore their creative side, do things differently and, and not, you know, be afraid to sound different or try something different, even though the fans may not gravitate towards it they need to do it for themselves yeah it feels it, it feels so safe though you know it feels like it feels like okay we know this works let's just do it again because you know i don't we don't want to lose our fans you know yeah it, 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 it feels too safe to me and that's that's not art that's business yeah it's kind of difficult to kind of merge the two and also separate the two at the same time yeah, exactly. Well, Brian, it's, well, Brian, it's been a blast. Um, love this conversation. Really got to some in-depth knowledge. Learned more about you, which was great. And so my listeners will definitely enjoy it as well. I, I appreciate you coming up. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jay. I appreciate it. Once again, everybody, that's Brian Kuznets from the band Fame on Fire. I'm Jay Scott. This is The Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we will talk again soon. Thank you. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that fantasy points has to offer. That's fantasypoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. Fantasypoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 